Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. Another topic we've never covered before, pet food. And on the podcast today is my new great friend, Ryan Bethencourt, who is the CEO founder of Wild Earth Inc. Ryan, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Justin. Really excited to be here with you. Dude, okay. The <laughs> you're launching the clean pet food revolution. I mean, I haven't even ever read that before. You said it right before we hit record. I can't even wait to dive in today. I mean, this is such a cool topic. It's a it's a weird and wonderful world, right? For those of us that care about our furry friends. Clean pet food revolution. I love this. Okay. All right. So obviously, guys, you know where we're going. Our roadmap today is talking pet food and um, and a new book that's coming out later. We're going to just give you a little f- a flavor of that. And then um, actually, Ryan's going to come back on and do an, a part two later this year. But Ryan, let's start with this. So I checked you out. Your undergrads in bio- biological sciences and molecular genetics. Your master's is in bioscience. Your doctor's in philosophy. Doctorate in philosophy, right? And then you're in the VC space, and now you've started a pet food company in the last 21 months, and you've been on Shark Tank. Like, okay, help me understand. How did you decide to start a business, and how did you decide to start in the pet food industry? Yeah, so so this is this is a really good question. <laughs> so I I really came more from. <laughs> human therapeutics, you know, drug development. I used to work on developing drugs for humans. And then I moved into like the future of food space for humans. Um, and I was, I was involved in, in uh, helping to build uh, a whole bunch of uh, build and fund a whole bunch of really interesting companies like Memphis Meats, the first lab grown cell based uh, meat company, uh, Finless Food. They also grow fish uh, and, and it's a cell based fish. So slaughter free fish, especially as we're having all of these, these issues around uh, tuna, which are starting to go extinct, and it's a huge problem for those of us, you know, that that have loved the taste of tuna for a long time. Um, and so, you know, and and you know, some of these other like plant-based products as well. So, um, you know, that that was kind of what got me into that uh, in, into the the food world. Um, I have been a longtime animal uh, lover uh, my whole life. I grew up with pets. I've, I've had pets pretty much on and off most of my life. Right. Um, and I, you know, I always wondered like what's actually in their food. Oh no, um, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the big question, right? I was like, okay, so what's, what's actually in there? I was like, okay, people always tell me you can't eat your own dog. You know, you can't eat dog food because <laughs> it's just, it's not good for you. Right. It's like, and I was like, well, wait a minute. We are all animals, right? Us, sure. Our dogs, we're all animals. Uh, so why can't we eat dog food? And then I, I just took me down this rabbit hole, um, you know, and there's some conspiracy stuff. In there. Of course. <laughs> not go <laughs> Do we want to know what's stuff. in the dog food? <laughs> Do we want to know what's in the dog food? So, so long story short, I started to look into this and I was like, oh my God, like not only are we feeding them non-human grade meat, right? Oh, so, gosh. so most people think that we just feed them meat, like the scraps that we don't eat. That's not really the case. Like, most of the food that goes in conventional pet food, right? Sure. And I'm, when I say conventional pet food, I'm not talking about the really expensive stuff, the fresh stuff or the right. stuff you make at home. Right. I'm talking about like the kibble that you buy at the store, right? Got um, it. And most, a lot of that is um, actually non-human grade meat. What does non-human grade, grade meat mean? That means animals that die in the field of unknown causes. That means um, animals that have diseases. 
that means um, uh, like disabled animals that are not human food grade, like for various different reasons, would be rejected from being included in the human food chain. Wow. And so, and I was like, wait a minute, what, what does that mean? Right. Um, and, and I started to, the more I started to look into it, there were like these recalls that were blowing my mind. I was like, why is it that like, it seems like every, every other week there's some sort of pet food recall going on. Exactly. You know, whether it's, I don't know if you saw the recent one, which was, um, I did. Uh, In fact, we had five people. We, yeah. We returned food yeah, to Costco last week. Exactly. Yep. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, we so did. There we go. So you got caught in that too. And what was, what was, what was the issue that at the time that was, uh, for that particular recall, what, what was it? I don't remember. I just remember we, we got a notification and it was that, you know, that specific type of dog food was one that had potentially, you know, killed pets. And so it was, we had to return it and then actually exchange it for other type of food. And, you know, we didn't really understand it except for we just read that there was a recall. And I think most people that are listening that have pets are like, I don't even really know. They, they buy into the branding or the, the salesmanship of the product, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so, so that, that, that kind of hit on exactly like, it just blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute. If, if we care about our animal's health and we care about the, you know, all of our pets health, like what are we feeding them? Like, is this healthy food? Right. And then I, it's, I, and I kept looking into it and I was like, so these recalls, what are they? So, the, you know, many of these cases, many of these recalls are actually, they found uh, high levels of euthanasia drugs in the actual, the meat. So the meat itself was contaminated with euthanasia drugs. Um, for those of us that are not that familiar with what euthanasia is, um, you, you know, euthanasia drug is actually, um, the drug that's used to put animals down. So it's basically a chemical that gets put into the animal, injected into the animal to put them down. And why um, would it be in dog food then? Good question. <laughs> so, um, so I, I went down the rabbit hole, um, uh, pun intended. Right. And, right, um, I found out that not all here, right? <laughs> so sometimes they put rabbit in there, but, um, <laughs> You know, but it started, the more I looked into it, I was like, wait, there's no euthanized animals. And on farms, they don't, they don't euthanize cows, right? Like, that's not, that's not how it works. And so it turned out the, the reputable stuff, the stuff that, that, you know, definitely you can, you can actually see, like, people said, yes, there's, there's horse in there, right? Like, there's euthanized horse. So there are people who had their horses put down. Somehow these horses end up in the rendering plants for pet food. Oh. And, and then the more kind of, you know, it's pretty gross, right? Like, so when it says beef, it's not actually beef, right? It's like, oh, it's horse. You're ruining uh, everyone's and, uh, theories on pet food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when you go further down the rabbit hole, oh, no. um, you like, there are rumors that, I mean, if you think about it, like in all these shelters, really, really sad places. Right. Um, we put down a lot of dogs and cats. That's correct. Um, and and the theory that some of these don't uh, say it more conspiracy don't yeah you know it. where I'm going with this Ryan right? that is meat no that is meat it's horrible <sighs> it's really really horrible and so you know there's a possibility that some dogs and cats may end up in you know in some of these uh, rendering oh my god okay I yeah got, I understand yeah. the problem my, now <laughs> so you, you see where I'm going like this is mind blowing I was like. How is this even possible? Oh my God. How is this possible? Right. I and agree. I couldn't believe it. And so, so you know, so, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I still don't, I honestly, to this day, still don't know how this is even possible. Like how this is even allowed, how the FDA allows like the mislabeling of the meat, the, you know, the inclusion of like, you know, essentially Chicken like flavor. possibly, yeah, <laughs> possibly cannibalism. Right. So it's right. Like, right. We, 
we know where that goes wrong, right? We saw that when you feed in the UK, when you fed cows to cows, right. dead cows to cows, Ugh. you get mad cow disease, right? Right. It literally for those they, that didn't know that that's prion protein. That's right. Yeah, go go into their brain and it and it, and it kills them. Right. And it, there's a risk for humans when we eat that afterwards. Oh. So it was just like, you know, it was just mind blowing. I was like, okay, so this is terrible. <laughs> right. We have a real problem really, here really that terrible. needs to be solved. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I was looking around. I was like, surely there must be other people trying to solve this. And and there were right. Like there were some people who were making like homemade foods. Or some people that make like these fresh foods that get delivered to your house, and you know, so there were there were people who saw that there was like this this real need. Um, but the problem is a lot of these solutions are, are a lot more expensive than you know than you know just the kibble that that the majority of us like feed our pets, right? Um, and and I realized like we need to do something different, and so that's really where where I came up with the idea. I was like, where could we get? I mean, everyone always talks about protein, right? So how do we get high quality clean protein? for our pets. And one thing came to me, um, we'd been working. So, so I, my co-founder Ron, he and I had been working for a long time together. He actually is a third generation Japanese American and they use a lot of fungi in their foods, like fermented foods. Uh, Koji is the type of fungi, but it made me realize. And I woke up to the fact, I was like, wait a minute, there's a third kingdom of life. There's plants, animals, and fungi. <laughs> right. And we, we eat mushrooms all the time. Sure. And I was like, what, how much protein does that third kingdom of life have? The fungi, you know, kingdom. And the more I started to look into it, so we looked into, you know, different types of fungi, and many of these fungi have 40 to 50% protein. To give you an idea, steak has about 30% protein, right? So they're high in protein. And I was like, what if, what if we made a plant plus fungi so that it's a high protein product? What if we made a high protein dog food that doesn't have like this cheap meat that, I mean, that's right. what's causing the problem. As long as it tastes right? good um, for the dogs, right? They have meat. to want to eat it because most dogs don't they like to eat to plants, eat right? Exactly. I mean. No, they don't like to eat plants. Exactly. So I was like, would they, would they eat this? Right. <laughs> I, I, I know. I honestly didn't know. I knew it was safe because there, there's, you know, there's been tons of, of records of like dogs eating fungi and we know that dogs can eat mushrooms as long as, by the way, as long as they don't eat the toxic ones. Right. Um, that's the same for humans too. We go out and randomly eat a bunch of mushrooms in the in the forest. Right, that's a very Probably bad not idea. A, not a good idea. Um, but yeah. we know that no, it's not a good idea, especially the really beautiful ones, ones <laughs> with like, like little fairy toadstools. Only you, you're, you could educate the, us on all of this. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know the beautiful ones, the little ones yeah. where they usually show fairies that are like red and white. With yeah, the, those uh, are the worst ones. Red is a warning sign. <laughs> That's a warning sign from nature. Oh, nice sidebar. <laughs> yep. So all of you that are listening, <laughs> so you just learned which mushrooms to not eat. Uh, all right. So so you decide I'm going to in, I'm going to leverage some of the fungi and maybe make a food here. So how do you make a food? How do you make dog food? Okay. So so that's what I didn't know. So, <laughs> so then right. I was like, okay, there's there's a huge problem. Um, and it needs to be solved. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a scientist. Like I can solve this stuff. Like I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I can solve this stuff. Um, and then I was like, oh my God, I, I really, I, I, I don't know where to start. Um, and so I started to just read and educate myself. I was like, Hey, well, what's, what's unique about dog food? The more I dove into dog food, the more fascinating I found it. I mean, it is a, a food that has to be able to sustain the life of the animal, right? It has to be has to have the right concentration of amino acids, like the oh, right interesting. The 10 essential okay. amino acids. It has to have the right vitamins and minerals. I mean, I don't know of any food like this in the human world where literally you could just eat this 
for the rest of your life and survive and thrive. Um, and it was fascinating for me as a scientist, it just kind of sucked me in. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this literally could make the difference. Yeah. I mean, it could literally, um, make a significant difference if, you know, as, as I think it was Plato that said, let food be, be thy medicine. Literally, there was an opportunity to create something that was better than anything that existed on the market with today's understanding of nutrition, right? And it's, that's a still an evolving space. And so that just sucked me in. Um, as a side note, when I went to go and pitch a bunch of investors that I knew and, and, and various friends of mine, they were like, this is a terrible idea. You should not <laughs> really? start a dog food company. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So everyone said not no, to do it. Like, wow. Everyone said not to do it. Yeah. I mean, they were like, this is crazy. Like, like you're not a dog food guy. And I'm like, well, change <laughs> but I'm a scientist. Well, how did, scientist and yeah. I was like, so how do you figure that out? So, you know, I've had other uh, entrepreneurs on talked about how they figure out how to make like a, a plastic product or a metal product or a wood product and, but how did, and, and other food and beverage products, but like, how did you figure out the manufacturing of the, the food from once you determined, Hey, I want to try this with some new ingredients. Yeah. So, so that's exactly it. So, you know, first um, we actually started to ferment, um, ferment uh, koji and other types of fungi. It, they were all, uh, grass approved. So FDA, they were all approved organisms. They were uh, organisms that were safe for, for human and for animal consumption. Um, I actually, when we first started to brew them, um, uh, I would actually eat them. I would say, okay, well, before we, before we feed them to any animal whatsoever, we have to be able to eat them and it has to be, you know, safe and good and not give me diarrhea, you know? <laughs> oh and God. so I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like nice. How, <laughs> how, yeah. You know, so how much of this stuff can I eat? And so I just started to eat lots of Lots of the, like the, this fungi and this fermented product that we're brewing. Um, and actually it did the opposite. It was actually pretty good for my digestion. So, you know, I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and so, so basically I went around, um, I pitched a lot of people, um, to invest in, in, uh, in wild earth. Um, most of the VCs I talked to actually said no. Um, uh, and there was, uh, it was, which was interesting, right? Because I'd actually, previously uh built you'd other been in that space too i mean yeah. Wow. yeah i've been in the space right yep. so but they were just like look we just we just don't do dog we food. don't like, do that's dog not food. an area of interest to us <laughs> right yeah and we don't think it's impactful we don't think it makes a difference and i was like well one it makes a difference to everyone that loves animals um and and loves their their pets and their dogs um especially if you can actually help them extend their healthy lifespan um and then two i was like actually the more I started to look at the data, I realized just the, the sheer impact of what our pets eat, which was, you know, our, our pets eat an enormous amount of meat. Right. Well, I was amazed at your fact that you wrote that many people don't know that 30% of the environmental impact from America's meat consumption is actually attributed to our pets. I had no idea. It, it's a mind-blowing statistic, right? So it's, it's worth repeating because I'm sure most people listening are like, wait, what, what did what I hear? What was that? 30% of the meat c that we consume in the U.S. goes to our pets. That's crazy. 30%. Right? 30%. Wow. It's not, Amazing. it's not a waste product. It's not something that's on the side. It's literally, you know, we run, we run, we, you know, we literally 30% uh, of, of what we consume goes to our pets. And um, it was just a mind blowing statistic for me. And I was like, you know, if you care about the environment, you care about, you know, the factory farmed animals, you care about all of these like factors, you care about the animals and the health of the, your pets and what you feed them. I was like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of negative stuff around conventional pet food. 
And so I was like, Oh my God, like this, like this is my opportunity to make a huge impact. Um, you know, I, I just felt like it was just like, okay, we can, like, I can make a huge impact. If I can dent this market, even a couple of percent and remove the use of this just bad meat, right? Um, I can make a huge impact. Uh, so I, don't, right? I don't know what the market size is for dog food or pet food, but it's, it, I, it's gotta be sizable. And then, and it's a premium product, right? I mean, it's not inexpensive. So what a cool space to dive into. How did you go from, okay, we're going to make some things and I'm going to try it and make sure I don't get sick to, I'm going to, you know, now I'm going to bag it. I'm going to sample it. I'm going to get almost productionalize it. Yeah. I mean, that was probably, that was probably the hardest thing I have done so far in my life. Um, so I, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's one thing to write, things. to create an app uh, and launch an app. Right. But then you got, you got food here and pet food, right. And yeah, bagging and, it and, and creation, and manufacturing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and it has to be safe. Right. right? So, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, for, for many, you know, many people, for many people, and they've, they've done these surveys, many people care more about their dogs than they care about their kids. Right. So this, this product has to be safe. Right. So, you know, it has to be safe and healthy and good. Um, for, for, for dogs. And so, um, that led me down. I mean, it, it's taken, I mean, it's taken nearly two years of, of development. Um, and, and we can talk a little bit. There's a funny moment in Shark Tank when they, when, uh, Mr. Wonderful asked me where we spent all this money. And basically, you know, said R and D. I'm sure. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanna... that, that, as, as a guy who likes royalties, that didn't really work for him. No. <laughs> I do want to talk Shark Tank, but I'm going to, I want to hold on that just for a minute because I want to hear like, how, like, how did you overcome that challenge? I, I figured when I asked you what were the, some of the biggest challenges, this would be one of them, but um, it, like, what were the keys to overcoming that? Yeah. So, so, so basically, I mean, there was a lot of R&D. So we basically, we had to start from perspective of, so one, we had to bring in a lot of people. So we actually, we brought in, um, I brought in Dr. Ernie Ward. He's, he's one of uh, America's leading uh, veterinary veterinarians. He's also a leader in uh, veterinary nutrition. He actually led a whole bunch of work on the obesity epidemic in, in dogs and cats. I don't know if you knew this, but about um, many of us are obese um, and so are our pets. So about 50% of dogs are actually obese. Um, 50%? And, and we all kind of wow. love. Yeah. Yeah. So we are overfeeding them as well as ourselves. Um <laughs> And so everyone I'm loves guilty. Like, fat dogs, I'm, right? Like, I'm definitely guilty. Yeah, who, who doesn't love a fat right. dog, and right? I like, like to give extra treats and all cute. that. Yeah. Yeah. And we love, you know, we love, we, you know, they're cute and whatever else, but it, it's a real problem because, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, Ernie saw, uh, was that, you know, we don't take into account as the dogs get older and they become heavier and heavier, they get the same problems we do. Like they get, right. they get diabetes. And, oh, and diabetes. Just, Interesting. You know, yeah, yeah. they get, they get diabetes and, you know, they have to have the same solution. Like they have to start, pet parents have to start injecting their dogs, you know, when they eat. And it's just like many pet parents just are unable to do that for various different reasons. You know, they have a job, they have a family, they, they have other obligations. And so those animals are actually put down. Those wow. are otherwise healthy wow. animals that have to be put down just because, because of the obesity, their diet. Yeah. Their obesity, the diet wasn't controlled. And so, you know, I, I started talking to Ernie, uh, Dr. Ward about this and, um, you know, we, like, we both had a shared mission. We were like, you know what? We care about all the animals. We care about, you know, the dogs and the cats, um, that are not being fed well. They're having all these problems that later in life are actually, unfortunately, aren't able to live their full healthy lives. 
Um, and then also the factory farmed animals, we were like, we think we can do better than that. Um, and of course, just the quality of the protein, we were like, we can definitely do better than that. Um, and so, so basically, uh, Ernie was really the first step in figuring out, okay, what is our strategy around? If we were to, to build a, um, a 21st century dog food, how do we do that? And so oh, cool. Ernie and I worked with several veterinary nutritionists. We crafted it over, um, over, over many months. We worked with our head of operations, my co-founder, Abril Estrada. Um, she, she basically worked on the figuring out the whole manufacturing side. So this was new for all of us to go through the whole manufacturing process. Um, we learned so much, you know, I'm even sure. you know, I'm sure. shipping, oh, right? yeah. you know, yep. when you ship something, you know, the kibbles break, right? And right. so now you have to like go back and work on the formula to make sure that the kibbles don't break. And you have to make sure that the humidity level, like the moisture levels of the kibble is below a certain point, because that's, that's how you can keep it stored longer and safer. And so it took us many, many months, um, many studies. We actually did a lot of cruelty-free volunteer testing with with dogs, a lot of people actually don't know this, but the, the conventional pet food industry, um, so you know the big the big players in kibble, they still test their their dog food in um, in in dogs in labs, right? Like laboratories, right? So it doesn't work right? out and, too and bad for the dog. Doesn't work. Wow. No, it's bad for the dog. And not only that, like for someone who loves dogs. I, and by the way, I know I hear them barking. Little, it's perfect. Little dog action going on. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like ideal on yeah. the podcast to have the dog yeah. bark when you're talking dog food. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. So, so yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was he was actually dreaming about something. <laughs> I think he was barking. <laughs> I need my new dog food. I need my new dog food. I love it. He needs the new dog food. Uh, so we went through yeah. a long journey. We had to really rethink everything about dog food from from how do we get high quality, high protein products um, to making sure we had the best ingredients. And then also looking at like, how do you, how do we, how do we test it in an ethical and humane fashion where we're, you know, where it's volunteer testing rather than dogs in labs. Like we did not want to do that. And so, um, you know, it took us, and then how do we manufacture it? How do we brand it? It took us on a long journey, which, you know, eventually we finally gotten here. So uh, this month, so we have pre-orders available this month in August for our product. We're launching this month. Um, so we'll be launching August 19th. So I think it's a couple days after, after the podcast. Launches. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I, I love the, which, how you guys frame your company. Wild Earth is challenging the status quo with clean, sustainable, plant-based protein pet food made with animal ingredients, I, without animal ingredients. I love that. And um, I love your mission to provide healthier foods for our pets. So how did Shark Tank come about? And uh, what, tell, tell us that story. Uh, I, I know a lot of our listeners would love to hear it. Yeah, so, so I'm, you know, I am a, I'm a decade long fan of Shark Tank. Oh, ditto. They're, they're just moving into year 11. Ditto. Right? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And never in a million years would I have thought that I would have been on Shark Tank. I just, I mean, I, I, I grew up loving Shark Tank, right? Sure. It was just one of those things <laughs> right. that I would always watch every series. I mean, it sounds like you're a super fan. Oh, of I love it. So, Plus they just do, I mean, good, they just do great production. I mean, like all the little camera stuff shots and all yeah. that's hilarious but anyway go ahead and, and it's so it's so much fun it's so much fun seeing like seeing the deals and like going okay well would you have done that deal would you not have done that deal you know oh there's mr wonderful doing those royalty deals again or you know or oh he he gave this like you know these critiques but he was right like even though he was nasty he was right so um so 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 basically um you know uh uh, Florian, uh, our, our head of marketing, he basically said, Hey, 
we have to do something big. Like we have to go out there and like come out with a big bang. Um, and I think Shark Tank's the way to do it. We should apply. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, he was like, what what do you mean? No. And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm not an actor. Right. You know, I don't want to go up on stage Right, um, and then be and, embarrassed or uh, whatever, you know, what if it doesn't work out? Mess yeah. it up. Right. Yeah, I mean, we, we've all seen those, right? Like sure. the, the Shark Tank episodes where entrepreneurs go on and they just explode in flames. Exactly. And you're like, wow, I wouldn't want to be them. Right. <laughs> ever, right? <laughs> Millions of Americans. Part, remember, it them. is an entertainment show also, <laughs> I will just say. <laughs> but anyway. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so... So Florian came back to me and he basically said, okay, let's, let's, let's apply to Shark Tank the second time. I was like, no. And he was like, third time, he was like, okay, I'm not even going to joke with you. Like, we need to apply. I'm serious. Let's do this. And so he kind of twisted my arm and he was like, let's apply. He's like, you never know. We might get in. I have a feeling. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, look, America's going to be really interested to see this like plant-based dog food. Like, this is, this is something people are going to want to talk about. They're going to want to see. It's going to be interesting. I was like, okay. He's like, do we want to have a bigger discussion around dog food and like transforming, revolutionizing the industry? And I was like, yes. And then he was like, okay, then you got to take the risk. You got to do it. That's um, right. I and like he, it. He was like, look, you've got to do it for the mission, right? Like, <laughs> even if you get embarrassed or ridiculed, like, you got to do it. Right. Like, okay, here we go. <laughs> right? So you so, applied. So, and so then applied. what was yeah, the time from when you applied to, you know, the, the process? Oh, it, it took a couple months. It took a couple months. So we applied and we kind of went through the application process. And, and by the way, it's a huge application process with like tons of NDAs and all, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and basically you, you, if you go on to Shark Tank, you can't say you've been on Shark Tank until afterwards. Um, and, and the network does that because obviously they want to make it really exciting and for people not to know what happens afterwards. Um, and so, 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 so basically I went through multiple, uh, pitches, interviews. Um, they actually, one thing that I didn't realize is they, they actually would, they would pitch you like they would, like they would make you pitch. So you'd, you'd talk to the executive producers and you'd kind of like, Hey, Hey, you know, this is, this is the pitch I'm going to give to the sharks. And then they would kind of rate it, whether it was exciting or not. And whether you would pass <laughs> to the next stage. Nice. Right? nice. And you'd have to do it on video too. So I'd be there, you know, at home, like on a video filming myself, um, or in the office. Um, and long story short, after a couple months, they were like, yeah, okay, great. We're going to accept you for the preliminary, like pitch, come in, um, do an in-person pitch with us. And if, if it's accepted within a couple of days, you'll stay in LA with us. And then we'll, you know, and then you'll get to pitch the, the sharks. Oh, if, that's kind of cool. If we, if we think, yeah, if we think, it's if viable. We think the quality of the pitch is right. And, you know, and, and it's a live event, right? It's not, oh, yeah. it's not staged at all. You know, the first, the first time you see the sharks is when those doors open. Right. They do that on purpose because they really want to see you the shock interact factor. with the sharks for that first time. <laughs> I love it. The shock factor. It's so funny. Right? It's um, great. And, it's so great. And so, um, by the way, that was another point where I was so, <laughs> I mean, I was so stressed. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm going to go. And, and, and at the time, I was, like, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, so how many, how many people do you think will be watching the show? Um, when, you know, when this show goes out and, and they were like, Oh, we, we think maybe like three to 4 million people. And I was like, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, then I got to nail it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like you're on a stage with three to 4 million people. It just, I was like, okay, so it's gotta be right. So I basically practiced night and day. All I would do is practice just that first pitch. Of course. And doing like yeah. Q and a, and I just kept practicing, 
one thing I realized is I'm not an actor. <laughs> I would constantly mess up my lines. You know, I was just, I was like, wow, I, I can never be in show business. I'm it's hilarious. It's so hilarious. <laughs> um, and then, you know, then the day turns up, I go and I pitch, um, the, the producer's like, yeah, we we're, we're good. Here's some tweaks that you should do. Like make it a little more exciting here and there. Uh, and then you're on in three days. Yeah. That's and awesome. And I went and I pitched to the sharks. Um, uh, the whole experience was, uh, on another level. I mean, I, I'm sure they designed it that way, <clears throat> but when those, the, those doors open, it is so overwhelming when you just, it, it's a big studio lot, right? So it's basically, sure. it looks like a room, but then you have all the, your sound people, right, your video people around. running around behind the shark. Sure. And, <laughs> and the sharks are like, who is this? And they they kind of want to mess with you. Right. Who is so you this? Up and you're ready. And you're like, you're like, I'm here, I'm standing on my spot and I'm going to sit, so I'm going to say my lines and then we can start. And the sharks are like making noises, you know, commenting while you're pitching. It's hilarious. And it was like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I better not crack. Right, I crack right. Like if I forget my lines, you know, they told me, they were like, there's no redos before, right. the, you know, before walking in, they were like, you go in, you're live and, and that's it. You don't redo it. If you fall on the floor, you have to keep, get up and keep going. Cause that's, you're not going to do it again. Like you just, yep. that's it. One shot. And, and you know, good entertainment too. Right. So, so, um, and how did it turn out? I went and yeah. And so, so it was, um, it was really tough. Uh, uh, for anyone that hasn't watched the episode, you should definitely watch it. It's season 10, uh, episode 16. Um, uh, Mr. Wonderful was hilarious. He was, he was, he was making fun of, uh, you know, making fun of like vegan dogs and saying to the dogs, wear Birkenstocks and tie-dye oh t-shirts God. after they have some, some wild earth. <laughs> you know? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Very funny. Um, and in the end, like the sharks started to kind of say, we're out, we're out, we're out. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay, well, at least I've come. I right. made you gave it a shot. Yep. I gave it a shot, you know, and then right at the end in classical Mark Cuban style, um, Mark, Mark basically was like, look, I'll tell you what, I'll make you an offer. <laughs> and, and honestly, I was in shock. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like uh, what? And then he was like, yeah. He's, and he made, he made me a really tough offer as per usual. Um, but in the end, I was like, look, honestly, Mark, I will do this deal, even if it has to come out of me. Um, because, I, you know, I, the idea that I could work with, honestly, the shark for me. Right. Um, like, uh, out of all the sharks, Mark Cuban is my favorite shark. Oh, he was that's for the last cool. 10 years. Right? That's awesome. So, um, and so, so we did a deal and, um, Mark was like, Hey, we're going to be working together a lot. And I was like, sure. You've got like how many bazillion, you know, investments and whatever else. Right. Um, and he does, he actually does. He and Mark, Mark and I talk regularly, like almost every week. Oh, that's um, pretty awesome. He's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's very, very so cool. There's really the follow through and it's not just, uh, <clears throat> the money and work with my team no. type thing. You know, and he's very real. He's a very down to earth, real guy. And he's honestly, Sometimes, you know, for an entrepreneur, for a founder, it's great to have someone that's very real. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, how were sales yesterday? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. No, that's very so, cool. And uh, I'm sure that's, that's it's kind of yeah. helped you accelerate and go further faster, right? I mean, something like that is it an accelerator. I mean, yeah. When we went on the show, we hadn't launched yet. Um, you know, today we're, we're nationwide. We launched in all 50 states. We sell products in all 50 states. 
Um, we're in over a hundred stores, so it's, that's it's very, been very really cool. amazing. Well, I know you, you've had a lot of lessons learned and you've shared a couple with us. What would, you know, you've got a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this, this podcast, maybe pick one other that maybe we haven't covered that you think would be a real big lesson learned just in the journey you've had thus far. And then last one after that, I'd love to, for you to share where to find your product. Yeah, sure. For sure. Um, so, so one of the most powerful lessons I've, I've, uh, ever had is, um, uh, it's some advice actually, which was to give yourself permission. Um, you know, I think in our society, we get so used to asking for permission for literally everything um, that we forget that sometimes to create something new, you yourself have to give yourself permission. So I think for, you know, whether, whether it's starting a company, whether it's starting a nonprofit, whether it's quitting your job and going to look for another job, um, you have to give yourself permission. No one else will. And so for me, that's kind of been my guiding principle for the last, probably the last decade. Once I realized, I was like, you know what? I have to give myself permission to do, do the things that I want. I've only got one shot at this. Like, we all have only one, one go round. So what are we going to spend it doing? And so, um, so that, was, that was basically, and, and that's helped me in those moments where I'm like, this is so risky, so right. scary. <laughs> I have no idea whether it'll work or right. not, or I'll fail miserably. Should I do it? Right. But now you don't have any regrets either, right? No regrets. So you don't wish you had tried it and didn't, you know what I mean? Like I find a lot of people are on that line of they have an idea and they don't follow through on it. And it's, they maybe like you're saying, they haven't given themselves permission to try. Yeah. Give give yourselves permission, give yourselves the gift. So for all those founders, entrepreneurs, people who want to be founders or entrepreneurs, um, give yourself permission. Like, Like say, Hey, it's okay. You know, uh, even if I fail, it's all right. Like go try I, I love that. Well, listen, I know you have another book. You have a book coming out later this year. And on this one, we yeah, wanted to talk about just we the do. company and your, and your dog food and whatnot. Do you want to talk about the book now or do you want to save that for uh, part two? So, so just a little sprinkling. So I, I think we'll, we'll start talking about the book soon. Yeah. So a little sprinkling. Uh, we're coming out with a new book. We're really going to be talking about, you know, the transformation, how we can really transform our, our pets' health by, um, by, by, by having cleaner protein. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. There's a lot of great science. Um, and a lot of great insights. If you know, if you're interested in the environment, you're interested about health and nutrition. Um, just generally interested in science. You just think science is cool, as you know. I think as as many of us do. Um, we're going to be covering all of that, like the future developments we're going to see in the next couple of decades in the future of food. I think it's going to be more transformational in the next decade than it's been in the last ten thousand years around the future of food. Um, so we're going to be covering all those great things. I won't spoil it too much. I was going to say, um, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. But that's cool. Yeah. And, and our teaser. food's going to be transformed. Um, but, um, you know, our, our products are available now. They're available online on Amazon and select stores as well. Um, but our website is uh, www.wildearth.com. Wild Earth, uh, one word.com. Um, and we're always available. Um, I actually, uh, I'm always available too. So many of our customers actually emailed me directly. So you can just email me, ryan at wildearth.com. Um, if you have any questions about our products, uh, that is always me responding. I'm a little slow sometimes, but it's always me. <laughs> Dude, I think this is so cool. And, you know, what's really neat about it is it, it's hard to not be excited about your product. You know what I mean? Because it's a do-good product. I mean, you're making a difference. You're impacting people and their pets. And, oh, by the way, building a company and a brand. I mean, it's just really awesome. So I'm real excited for you. So, yeah, you guys check out um, this this new pet food coming out and check out Wild Earth. And, uh, Ryan, it has been so great having you on the podcast. I can't wait, like I said, have you back on in a couple months when you get the new book coming out. For sure. Thanks, Justin. And love to join again. Great talking with you. I had a lot of fun. 
The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.